Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DKHOOPS. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code DKHOOPS, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG dot com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources when you buy kroger brand products you feel like you're winning that's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices in fact we guarantee that you and your family will love how kroger brand products taste or you get your money back so next time you're shopping for the family look for delicious kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. All right, welcome to another episode of Running the Break. I'm your host, CJ Toledano, and my co-host, Alex Wong. Alex, how you doing, man? I'm good, CJ. It's, uh, it's finally December. You know, I don't have much to report from you in terms of the weather here in Toronto. It is as you would expect. Um, so that's that's about it for me. Actually, before we even get into anything, I was reading an article in the LA Times yesterday that I saved about you and your comedy. Oh. So shows so shows to you and uh believe it's Motherland. That's what it's called, right? It's called Motherland, dude. Yeah. Appreciate your support on that. I mean, it is um yeah, I mean it, we, we when you come to LA, you got to come check it out. And a little promo here on it. We do a stand-up show in a Filipino restaurant that I found on Yelp uh, by my my old house, and it literally was a karaoke stage. And I went in there for lunch and was like, "Hey, what if we did stand-up here?" Um, and so we were doing it for a few months before the pandemic hit, and then it's come back in the last few months, and we gotten some nice press, some really awesome comedians have come through. Um, but yeah, just like a fun stand-up show in a Filipino restaurant. So. Shout out to, I feel like, you know, we, we like to spotlight Asians, um, you know, doing fun, different things that that is is out of the ordinary or just, you know, we're, we're in the arts, we're creatives. I like, um, yeah, the LA Times decided to put a little bit of spotlight on on our show and the scene. So um, much appreciate. I'm glad it reached you out there in, in, in Canada. Yeah, no, I love it, man. I love also like anytime bringing in kind of like creative interests. And obviously doing something for the for the community as well, right? Like I think I think we need just more of these community events. Like I think about it a lot, especially, you know, the last couple of years dealing with the pandemic. Like we've just been so isolated in these things, right? And like doing Zooms and like not having a lot of these in-person interactions. I think it's mm-hmm. so important. 
What's so crazy for people listening is they don't know that me and you haven't really hung out in person. Um, so, <laughs> well, like, I, I think... Keep, <laughs> I keep telling producer P, I mean, where's the budget for me to fly out, man? Let's do this. Listen, right. we got to make it a goal. This is our New Year's resolution. I know we're not there mm-hmm. yet, but I think a, a live event, a live running the break in the works... He's like, oh, it's not in the budget, but <laughs> we will figure something out. Even if it's out of our own pockets, we'll do Listen. a live thing or we just got to hang out in person and, and geek out over, over all this yeah. stuff that we're always talking about. So, No, because the other thing I was going to ask you is, you know, it's funny because like we talked to Gavin last week from Vintage 905 and, you know, it was such a great discussion diving into the different aspects of Vintage. And one of the things I think, I think we always talk about like picking up stuff, right? Like things mm-hmm. that we grab, things we're looking into. But like, you know, this coming weekend, I'm actually like getting rid of some stuff for what I feel like the first nice. time. Like I've been invited. There's this vintage pop up happening here in Toronto with a couple of cool vendors. And I've been invited to just kind of bring some stuff and like have a rack there. And this is something that I've never done in terms of just like formally you know, bringing out some items and selling it. And I know you do, I think you do a lot of that stuff in terms of the free market scene in LA and stuff. And that's one of the things I would love to check out, you know, next time I get out to LA and we hang out. But what is that like in terms of just getting rid of stuff? Because I found it so hard, you know, drawing the line of like, you know, like items, you'll pull up a t-shirt that you haven't worn in like years but you're still talking yourself into, you know, I'm going to get to this eventually. I found it really hard to draw that line. Dude, okay, so here, uh, I want to get your mindset on it, but also I'm just going to give you some tips just right off the top of my head because it, you know, I do it because it's fun. First of all, the whole you getting rid of this stuff is it's going to be great. Get, you know, free up some space, but also the people you're going to meet. I mean, again, this show has been great. The people that you've introduced me uh, to in the, you know, the vintage and, and sort of like streetwear um, scene up up north has been awesome. But like, so you're going to you're going to meet people. So like, that's already awesome. If you don't sell anything or make a ton of money, the people that are going to come through and you're just be like, oh, like minded people that I'm meeting. That's awesome. Number two, don't be afraid to put stuff up like the main thing is if you get rid of some stuff, there there will be some regret. But man, then it, it, it adds some fuel to the fire of like finding your next big grail or like your next piece. So like if there's something that doesn't fit or like you, you think you're never going to wear it again, but it's cool. Don't be afraid to just put it on the rack. You know, you might if if, if you're about to sell it and you're like, mm, I want to keep this. That's OK. The people who are buying that stuff, they're going to understand. And honestly, like some people have been like, shout out to you for like not selling this to me. It's really crazy, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just like have fun with it. Put some stuff that you're unsure about. There's always that last second where you can be like, sorry, this means a lot to me. I got to keep it. And that's when you know, like, okay, like this piece means a, a lot to me and I I need to keep this in my collection going forward. So um, yeah, man, it's it's fun. You're going to get it. it. Honestly, it's a lot of work, but like the payoff to, um, to just like participate in that stuff and like just... It, it gives, I, I told my brother-in-law, he's like, you are, wear all this stuff, like your favorite movies and basketball and stuff. I'm like, it's conversation pieces. You like, mm-hmm. you're walking in public and people like point it out and you, and you have this like fun conversation to learn about people. So I think you're, you're already like great at that. Like in meeting people and like finding out their story. It's like, I don't know. It's like, um, you, you do it at light speed in events like this. So I think it'd be fun. So like, yeah, but tell me your mindset. Like what, what are some of your concerns? What are, what are you excited about? You know, I feel like what I'm going to end up doing, because there's so many other vintage sellers at this pop-up event, is like, I'm going to end up just getting involved in a lot of trades. Because I feel like at these vintage things, it's like, 
I might have a t-shirt. Like I was, I was pulling up some of these sweatshirts. Like I have like an Oprah Winfrey show, like, like sweater that I just like yeah. sweatshirt that I haven't worn in years. And it's like, when I look at it, you know how you look at certain items and there's just not that attachment there. Or there's just not that appeal. Right. But I feel like when I put that up, there's probably going to be someone there. One of the vintage sellers who will probably be really excited about it. And they'll probably have stuff that I'm really excited yes, about. Yes. So like, I almost feel like instead of the customers coming in and I'm pricing a lot of this stuff, like I'm not trying to make like, you know, you know, like hundreds, you know, thousands of dollars here. Like I want to get the stuff in the hands of people who appreciate it, who want yep. it. Right. I think that's the main goal for me. So I think that number one, that's a good approach. But number two, I really think, like you said, it's going to be those interactions with the people and finding out what they've got. And I feel like it's always one of those things with vintage. It's like, you know, something that you might not treasure, other people are going to value a lot and vice versa. So I'm really excited about that aspect of it. I mean, and this is it's great you bring it up too of like, we've always talked about on this podcast, like a good strategy when going out and getting vintage or getting to the game is you just like go on these consignment sites and you type in the things you like or whatever. The great thing about the physical, like shopping and these like fleas and in the events is that you're going to find stuff that you had no idea you weren't even thinking about until the very moment you saw it. So like the surprise of it all is going to be really sick. And like you said, like the trades, you're going to be like, Oh man, I don't need this, but I really want that. And that person might need what you have and, and are looking to get rid of. So that's, that's like the beauty of it all. Again, like I feel like people who listen to this podcast and aren't into this stuff, I think they're going to be like the excitement that you get when you just like, Go on these vintage things and also shout go to like watch some YouTube flea market videos. Like you're gonna get really excited about kind of like the the pickers mentality, I feel like this is what it is. Um so yeah, I'm excited. You gotta we gotta do a recap of how it goes for you uh, on the next Yeah, episode. yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm excited, I'm excited to see how it goes. And, and I guess I'll take back the term downsizing because I feel like I'm gonna somehow end up with more <laughs> items than when I come over. That too, that's a warning no too. Reason. You might just get excited, like too excited and come back with more than what you get rid of. So be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll report back. So let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, let's go around the league and catch up on some kicks, some fits and some assorted topics. The 82 game preseason is in the books and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DKHOOPS. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code DKHOOPS, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. 
It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. All right, welcome back to Running the Break. You know, CJ, I think one of the things we talked about last time with Gavin as well is trends that are coming up around the league. And, you know, we're mm-hmm. about the quarter way through of the season. So we've got enough tunnel fit evidence to see certain trends coming up. And one of the things we talked about was hockey jerseys. And yep. I've been noticing a lot of hockey jerseys. And I think this kind of coincides with the number of Canadians that are in the NBA. You know, Benedict Matherin, rookie of, of the Pacers from Montreal, pulled up in a Montreal Canadiens jersey recently, which I thought was a super cool look. Nikhil Alexander, who is a client of, of Gavin from Vintage 905, uh, pulled up in a, in a Better Days hockey jersey. So they're they're an LA-based brand. Um, I see a lot of streetwear brands make, making jerseys now, yep. too. Cat showed up in a throwback Rough Riders jersey. And Jalen Williams of OKC I saw wearing a Detroit Red Wings jersey. The hockey jersey wave is here, CJ. It's here. To, I think it's here to stay. I uh, I mean, I'm telling you as a Canadian, um, <laughs> I think, I don't know. I, I think that the sport of hockey is always so fun when I watch it, but truly the jerseys, like we talk about our love for NBA jerseys, but like, I, I feel like there is so much to discover about NHL jerseys. And I love that NBA players are getting into it because yeah, there there's like more real estate to a hockey jersey. And I feel like, and maybe like Tom O'Grady was a big part of this, another you know previous guest. But like in the '90s, we saw so many cool designs come out from like, I mean, the Mighty Ducks when they became you know a, a movie and then they became a franchise. Like they they literally wore the jerseys that they wore in the movies. And so I love that you know cut to twenty twenty five years later that these hockey jerseys are coming out. Like I remember Russell Westbrook. I, I think he was on the Thunder still, but he wore like that orange Mighty Ducks jersey that said the Brody on the back. Like, I love, like, there was, there was some hockey jerseys being sprinkled around the league back then from guys like that. But now, like, a Benedict Matherin wearing it is like, oh, the rookies are showing some love for hockey jerseys. Nikhil, like, he's a younger player. And uh, I, I just love, yeah, I love hockey jerseys. And also, as a guy who's not particularly jacked, um, I would say definitely have had a dad bod for a few years now um, and only just recently became a dad. A hockey jersey is really flattering on a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yes. What do you think about that, it? Yeah, I- I'm, I'm glad you actually called that out <laughs> because, you know, as we're recording right now, I know you're wearing, you're wearing a Giannis basketball jersey. 
Yeah. And listen, man, I think you pull off the jersey look real well. And this is something that I struggle with too. Like I think hockey jerseys is the easiest, easiest look to, to pull off if you're trying to get a jersey fit off. And I love you mentioned like the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. I feel like that's the first one I think of when I think about mm -hmm. growing up. Like, you know, I remember the San Jose Sharks with their teal jerseys too. That was a really big deal. And like for some reason, I was really infatuated with the, with the New Jersey Devils as well, especially oh, yeah. in the 80s when they had like the red and green kind of Christmas slash like Gucci type design. Uh, you know, that's still a very classic look for me. So yeah, I'm with you, man. I, th I think I think I really think once once NBA players latch on to one of these trends and listen, as much as we check this stuff out, so do they. Right. Like, I think they're yeah. all paying attention to what guys are wearing around the league. And, and we've talked about so much about how this stuff is competitive. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of jerseys and we got to give a shout out to Mike Scott. I don't know if you remember. He's the OG of yeah. pulling up in oh, hockey yeah. jerseys. And, and I remember he was asked about it. And the thing I love about when he was asked about it, he was like, no, I don't really like hockey. I just like the jersey. Like, yeah. I just like the way it looks, which is like the classic response, I, I think, for any NBA player usually. <laughs> and that's how I am, too. Uh, but I'm like, I've I've gotten so many hockey jerseys over the last couple of years, and I'm like, I got to watch a few games. And again, whenever I do, it's pretty fun. So I know this isn't a hockey podcast, but I still owe it to the NHL to watch a few other games so I can, you know, feel worthy what rocking the jerseys. Yeah, which jerseys have you picked up? Like, are, are there favorites of yours, or are there yeah. ones that you're even looking for still? Um, I mean, I got the Mighty Ducks one. I got a, mm. um, I got a New York Rangers one. I got, I got a Gretzky Kings one. Oh, um, these are all classic. And and actually, too, with uh, we we talked about Nikhil wearing the Better Days hockey jersey. I love. Uh, there's a few streetwear brands who have done some really good like iterations of hockey jerseys. So like, there's that uh, Cactus uh, Cactus Plant Flea Market. Um, mm hockey jersey it says the air from the up tempo the the classic pippin shoe um it just has like the air logo on the front i feel like a lot of nba players have worn that i got that sitting in the closet that i got a breakout um i'm trying to think oh this is one actually very much nba related the the kings los angeles kings did a lakers night and so it's like the it's the purple and gold but it says and it has the Kings, but it has the like Lakers type numbers on the jersey. So I got that in the closet that I've worn a, a few games at. Um, I keep calling it uh, Staples, but at a crypto. But um, yeah, so oh, that's right. There's definitely there's definitely uh, still an overlap hockey and basketball. What are, what are some of your faves? Yeah, I think, you know, you remember in the 90s, there was these alternate jerseys, like the Boston Bruins had like the giant Bruin, and I think yeah. they brought that back now. And even the even the Mighty Ducks had an alternate. It was like the actual, like the duck, like mascot, like, you know, in with the hockey stick, like in skates uh, mm -hmm. with the different coloring and stuff. For me, like it always, like, I feel like across all sports, like we talked to Tom O'Grady about the alternate 90s jerseys. For me, like alternate 90s for, for hockey as well. And like baseball when they did, I think these like um, futuristic jerseys that were like sleeveless with like giant logos and things yeah. like that. So so for me, it's always those. But I love the classics too, man. I love how you mentioned like the New York Rangers. Like that's one of my favorites of all time. I, I just think, you know, the, it, it's just such iconic. And like in the 90s, they had like the Statue of Liberty alternate, yeah. which again, I think they've brought back as well. I just think, you know, I'm sure there's people listening from like New York and L.A., but then there's people li listening from, you know, smaller, you know, cities that don't want to hear this. But man, like anything big city like New York and L.A., I feel like it's just iconic, like across different sports. Yeah. And and I know we're, we're not too critical on this podcast, but like 
when there yeah, is careful, careful, uh, Pete's listening. <laughs> no, but just honestly, from a fan perspective, and I know the league is constantly trying to evolve in their jerseys and uniform looks. And I know it's a thing between Nike basketball and the, and the league and the team's designers, but it would be really cool if they they took sort of the, the direction of the mascots and caricatures in big logos that, like you described, uh, the NHL has done in the past where it's like the center logo. That would be really cool. Like, I, that's something I would love to see. And I think, you know, again, like people always say, like, we want to get the youth into this. And I think the youth really loves kind of like characters. Like Marvel is one of the biggest thing. Like make kind of like, I don't know, just like caricature um, or like mascots looking like buff or something on these jerseys. Like imagine if like, I mean, the Grizzlies was a good example from back in the day. Mm. People love the Grizzlies retro stuff still. And it's there's a bear on it just like with like claws. I feel like we can do something like that. Like imagine a bulls, like still have the bulls head, but then this like ripped bulls body. And then, it, you know, as the main logo on the front jersey, I think that would be really sick. So if the NBA and, and the designers are listening, take that idea and run with it. It's yours. We also would love to work on the project. Yeah, no, just send me the merch, man. It's all good. Yeah. I don't need to work on it. No, but I think, <laughs> No, I, I think that that's a really good idea. And the other one that makes me think of too, and again, referencing back to a great conversation with Tom O'Grady, I remember you talking to him about how you picked up this like alternate Chicago Bulls hat, yeah. right? Like with, a, with alternate logos. There's all these secondary logos and designs like for, for, for different teams, right? Even thinking about the Lakers or the Knicks or even the Raptors here that you can really dive into the archives. And it's similar to me as like baseball because we know baseball, the caps are so iconic, right? Like yep. with, with the team's logos, but they also have like spring training hats where they'll bring in yeah. alternate logos and introduce them. I'd love the NBA. I love for the NBA to do that because if you think of, you know, I think across the different major sports, Baseball has always been the most iconic when it comes comes to hats, right? Yep. And I feel like there's a space for the NBA to tap into there. And again, it goes back to the younger audience. I think everybody respects the classic looks, especially of the iconic teams. But when you can have a little fun with it, like you said, like, you know, let's add in the mascots. Let's add in these characters. Let's add in the alternate logos. I feel like that might be more useful than saying, like, let's think really outside the box and, like, change colorways and, like, tell different stories and stuff. You could tell stories within that same space, right? Of, yeah. like, just what the team has been about since its origins. Yeah, I love it. Um, just, yeah, I mean, hire us. We're, we're, we're here to consult. <laughs> Yeah, this is just an audition, by the way. The um, thing is, we will... As a, doubling as a podcast. We yeah. will work hard on the project, then we will spend our paycheck on whatever nets out from the project. So. Yeah, I, I can't promise either of those things uh, <laughs> to anybody listening. You know, so, um, in terms of in terms of kicks, you know, I, I know we I know we bring up the Kobe's a lot. Yep. And because it's, it's such a popular shoe amongst the current players, and I think in the last couple of years we've seen the Kobe fives and the Kobe sixes, especially with with you, you know Nike putting them out as as retros. They become really popular, and we've talked about it. I, I think you know the league has spotlighted. You know, many people have spotlighted just a shortage of Kobe's, right? Like I've heard DeMar talk about how he's had to like pull a lot out of the closet. There's not a lot right now. Same for like Anthony Davis, a lot of other players. But I'm noticing now, like, you know, John Morant, I want to highlight as well. Cause like, yep. I feel like people are wearing different Kobe models now. John Morant's always hooped in a lot of different Kobe Elite 9 models. Yep. And Jeremy Grant too, this year, I've noticed has been bringing out the Adidas Kobe yes. collection, which 
they the Adidas Kobe is a lot of times either forgotten or when they're brought up they're clowned because yeah. of of the models and designs. But I kind of feel like this is one of those things where with time and obviously shouts, you know, rest in peace to Kobe with his legacy and the players honoring him and you know paying paying homage to him. I almost feel like these different models now is getting a second life. Absolutely. And again, this is another way for us to sniff out who and what NBA players are actual sneakerheads. You know what I mean? Like, shout out Jeremy Grant, who, again, with this week in particular with the Kobe's, but also the T-Max, you know, and it's it's hmm. like Adidas doesn't have as rich of an NBA, you know, basketball sneaker history as Nike. Um, but, you know, when someone like Jeremy Grant, I'm trying to think of who else to like just rocking some obscure models um, and, and just like owning it. And like, to me, that's really cool. You know, and a, and a dude like Jeremy is kind of having like a great season on the Blazers. I, I just love it. It just, it, it really looks kind of badass to me when you, you pull out some like obscure um, kicks and he's like, remember when Kobe or, or, or uh, T-Mac, or I'm trying to even think of like other Adidas players from back then, but I, I just love it. It's like, a, it's showing a love for sneakers um, and a little bit of history there. And then Jaw too, it's like, we obviously, when we talk about the mama mentality, who are the players who embody that now? Jaw is definitely a guy um, who does that. So I, I love him rocking Kobe's. And I think one two, one thing, too, about the Kobe's is that it's kind of served as this... Um, people are, weren't rocking the old Kobe's. I, I really feel like people now are, are paying homage. Not paying homage, but like Nike basketball from like, you know, the 2010s era like KDs are starting to pop up from that time. KD4, it's like Jaws worn some KD4s. Um, early PGs, I, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of Pacers players wearing early PGs, which is so funny because they like honor PG as like a, a you know, an, um, a Pacers alumni, which is PG still very much active in the league. So I really feel like the, the Kobe, uh, the Kobe line has sort of been a bridge to some forgotten kicks of the 2010s uh, in the in Nike basketball series. So I'm all for it. Like these guys, like they're having fun with their kicks and it doesn't have to be having them their own signature, even though I've heard John Moran has something on the way. Little, just oh, a little bit of a rumor. Okay. Okay. Just a little okay, bit of a little, rumor. A little breaking news. No, I, yeah. I think, I think jaw, I think jaw's the perfect, you know, next athlete to, to, yep. to, to become, you know, a face in, in the sneaker space. And I think it's cool too. You mentioned T-Max like T-Max, you know, the T-Max shoes are, are shoes, sneakers that people just rarely, you rarely hear them talk about it. Right. Like we talk about Jordans, we talk about Kobe's, we even talk about LeBron's. But uh, you know, I've I've grown to appreciate the T Max too. Just seeing how many players are bringing that out, and even the, the Gilbert Arena sneakers. Like, yeah. like you know, we've seen a oh, lot yeah, of players a bunch in of those. those too, right? Yeah. So so I think it's cool. Like this is another, you know, I guess this is our kind of like trend spotting, you know, segment. You know, with the hockey jerseys. But yep. like I feel like this is kind of the next wave of sneakers now, and I'm glad you kind of defined it as like early 2000s like 2010s yeah it's really strange to me but you're right like mentioning pgs as an example like i guess those things are starting to become you know vintage <laughs> and like um, retro it's also making me feel old but yeah Th this is yeah. the whole yeah this is every podcast man. this is every <laughs> podcast that we do man it, like we it can't be helped well it can really i can so this helped. is a fun thing that just popped up so my buddy uh got me i'm, I'm going courtside to see uh, Bronny and Kean Anthony um, are, they're kind of like doing a, a recreation or like a celebration of that ESPN um, Mellow LeBron matchup from 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Ago. Okay. And yeah. they're doing it uh, in December or yeah, in a couple of weeks. Right. And so I'm sitting courtside and I'm like, oh, I got to have the right kicks. Right. So I was like, mm. I have LeBron's 
you know, I have a ton of LeBrons. Can I wear a pair of, you know, LeBrons? And then I was like, what if I wore, because as we all know, you know this, in high school, LeBron was kind of a sneaker-free agent in high school, which again, just mm-hmm. blows my mind, where he was wearing Nikes, Adidas, Jordans, um, maybe another brand. I bet you he wore Pumas, but uh, if I, what if I wore a pair of the the St. Vincent St. Mary's T-Mac PEs? Like, Oh, yeah. I feel like that's like no, such a weird choice. I wonder how LeBron or whoever's there reacts. I think I actually think that's a good move. And like the St. Vincent St. Mary colorways on any shoe, uh, I feel like it's, it's such a classic. Yeah, um, it's such a classic, and it's like such a rarely seen. Um, but but the only takeaway from that story is is that you're sitting courtside. That's that's really that's really all. <laughs> At I a heard. high school um, game, though, that's why it's not no, much listen, of a flex. Man. Listen, courtside is courtside. No, I think I think that's actually a good. That's actually a good sneaker choice. Um, some other assorted topics that I pulled. Speaking of feeling old, um, so a reporter <laughs> asked Luca recently if he's been paying attention to all the changes that are happening on Twitter. And Luca responded that all he does on his phone is play chess. Um, do you believe this? Do you believe Luca really is just not on social media? Like, this is just not a thing. I find it. I, I Listen, I'm not saying he's lying. I'm not saying I don't believe him. It's just so always so strange to me when one of these superstar athletes are able to just not be on social it's man uh we don't have to worry like our our living is on social right and like these guys living is to just cross up the 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 tier one athletes of the world but i believe it i that i believe it you know you got to figure out how to block out the haters and if you know how to play chess and I feel like chess, obviously, like it's all about moves and stuff. And Luca's game, obviously, is just like an arsenal of moves. So I, I believe it. I mean, we talked about the Spurs and how they used to play like World of Warcraft and all those other <laughs> games. It's like you got to find some sort of weird obsession to to get you from game to game. So uh, it kind of explains a lot uh, about Luca to me. Yeah, you know what? They need to have like a Wordle tournament at the All Star break this <laughs> season or something. No, I just love that it's chess. Like, I just love it's not any of these, like, other just mindless games that, like... Because Luca's pretty young. Yeah. Like, like, he's, like, rolling around like a 65-year-old. Like, I'm, I'm guessing... <laughs> I'm going to say... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Luca probably only uses Facebook, man. But, I mean, he's um, been playing pro since he was, like, 12. So, that makes sense. You know, he's he's been a yeah, vet you, for years. You know what? That's a good point, man. In basketball years, he's about 65 right now. <laughs> um, his owner, Mark Cuban, so as, as most people know, is one of the, one of the hosts on Shark Tank. And there was a viral clip recently, uh, you know, of these two investors. I, I don't know what item they were pitching, but like whatever business they were pitching, they gave a sample to to all the sharks. But the, on the product, they put Golden State Warriors branding on it. And because of that, Mark Cuban, despite a great business case by these guys, declined to be in on the business because he was offended that they put the logo of the team that had just beaten them in the conference finals are you taking mark cuban's side on this should those guys have been smarter rolling in ah man it's a gamble because i feel like some people would have you know some humor about it but and mark and mark has demonstrated that he has a sense of humor at times but in this case he really wasn't having it yeah i mean if you're making if that was because it was you know they thought it was me clever then how good was the product to begin with Man, mm, I okay. yeah, I, I think if I was rolling into that that pitch, I would go all Mav stuff. That, but that's know. what I'm saying. I'm totally with you. Like, why take any chances? Why mm. take any chances? You know, the Warriors branding might get Mark's attention, but you're also taking a risk. Why not brand it all Luca? Why not brand it all Mavs? I'm so out. to me, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna have to say this was a big blunder. 
I'm gonna have to call this a big blunder. Yeah, I'm out. Okay, I mean, yeah, Warriors. <laughs> You're out as well. <laughs> I uh, yeah, and Warriors fans, come on, not a, especially after this season. Like, we gotta we gotta clean it up, Warriors, Warriors fan base and, <laughs> and team. Obviously, they'll they'll be fine in the playoffs. Uh, I'm saying it now, but yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's tough. Mark Cuban, you gotta just go Mavs. You gotta just um. Yeah, that's my business advice on that one. All right, this is this is our business advice, and and you know, couple <laughs> couple things before we take the break about your Lakers. So it's been two straight games now that a Laker fan has hit twenty five, has hit a half court shot for twenty five thousand dollars. How about this? Throw it in, baby. Seventy five thousand dollars for that shot. You know, this is what I, what I want to ask you, CJ. Like, you've been to games, and yeah. you've seen during timeouts when these things happen. So here in Toronto, what sometimes happens is the the fans that go on the court will be given an option. Yeah. So it's like, let's say like let's say the half-court shot is worth like $10,000, mm-hmm. right? But you can also, within like a 60-second span, maybe hit as many layups as you can. And the layups are worth like 50 each. And like a mid-range jumper is like 100. A three-pointer is like 500. In that scenario, if you have 60 seconds and you're being taken to the court, are you taking as many half-court shots as you can or are you going pure layups? What is your approach? I'm doing the half-court shot. Okay, you're going for it all. Like, yeah. you're just going to go for it all. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, um, yeah. And uh, what about what about you? And then I'll go into a theory of mine. Um, I would do pure layups. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to stack. I just want to stack my $50. I don't know if you were a kid like me playing basketball, but man, I almost practiced the half court shot as much as I did the layups. You know what I mean? This, oh, this, okay, okay, this okay, is my okay. love for the game. I'm like, I love theatrics. Yeah. And so it was like, man, you know how many times we were like counting down three, two, one, and then shooting from the street? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like but I'm how more... many of those, how many of those did you make though? Mm, I wasn't really taking this... percentages as an eight year old, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But that's the question. Yeah. I just feel like I would never make a half court shot. Yeah. Yeah. So. Layup. I think if you if you figure out better. your move, it's you know I don't know. But let me ask you, what 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 is your theory on why this happened? I mean, it's really crazy two in a row. And I watched them mm-hmm. live. I was like, what's going on? Yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I actually I actually would love some like research and stats on this because yeah. I don't know if this has ever happened back to back. But uh, people have made the joke that if this keeps happening, the Lakers aren't going to be able to afford to to pay Austin Reeves for this <laughs> contract. <laughs> Because all the money is going to to the fans. It is frustrating, and I'm not even trying to tear down this Lakers team, but it's tough. You know, they're they're, they're having an uh, unusually bad shooting season. Um, mm-hmm. But when you see that happen, you're like, just yeah, maybe let's sign them, or you know, maybe Lakers fans are are just getting so desperate to see the ball go in the hoop that now their their revenge is to make half court shots. So that's all I'm saying. I just. I just, you know, if I was a fan, I got to walk out of an arena after watching an NBA game with with $25,000. Like, I actually don't know what I would do with myself. Like, you know, like, I, I think that that money is going to a lot of vintage yeah. and spending. Um, the, the other thing coming from the Lakers, too, Dan Wykey, the reporter, reported the other day. I saw this on Twitter. He just randomly tweeted during a game and said, a woman just chugged a beer out of her prosthetic <laughs> leg. So it's a wild Monday here for a Lakers game. Now, I want to know, CJ, off the top of your head, like, What's the wildest thing you ever seen at an NBA arena that you could share? Oh man, that I could share? I think I saw the first ever. Do you remember the dancing usher from the Pistons? Yes. So people were like, and this happens a lot. I hate to break. It's kind of like telling people the Santa's not real, but a lot of the times, Uh-oh. 
a lot of like the the theatrics or crazy stuff that happens on the jumbotron are scripted. Now, a little intel: the usher from the Pistons was actually an usher, and then he danced in one uh, when he was on jumbotron, and then that went viral, and then that became a whole shtick. Um, that became like a thing they did at every game, and I remember seeing it for the first time. And like my mind was blown and then I loved seeing that it became a thing. So that was probably the wildest thing that I could share. Um, how about you? See anything crazy at a Raptors game or anything? Man, I can't really think, but I think it's a really good point that you bring up about just the behind the scenes about things that take place, like the dancing ushers and things like that. Because um, having been behind the scenes, you as well, like there's a lot of planning that goes into it. But the one thing that you can plan for, and I'm just remembering this now, is when they put fans on the kiss cam. Yes. Because the kiss cam thing is a very hit or miss. And I think <laughs> recently, I believe this was Shea Gilgis Alexander's girlfriend was yes. on the kiss cam. Oh, man. But was with her brother, I want to say. <laughs> was with someone. And she, like, literally said on the Jumbotron to everyone in the arena, like, that's my brother. Yeah. Um, so, so the kiss cam is always, always a hit or miss. I think in terms of wildest things, I just think, you know, at All-Star or, you know, during the finals, not particularly wild, but like when you're courtside before the game or behind the scenes, you know, where the tunnel is, you see a lot of just celebrities that you don't expect to see. Mm-hmm. Like I remember going into the Cavs locker room after they came back from 3-1 to beat the Warriors in 2016. And um, who was their big man? Timothy Mozgov was just there celebrating with Usher and Jamie Foxx. <laughs> And I was like, this is just amazing. Just the yeah. randomest trio of people or like Ric Flair would suddenly just be in front of me at like a Cavs game. I guess the, the wildest one was uh, when Barack Obama just showed up to, to, to a finals yeah. game uh, in, in Toronto. So so for me, like not necessarily like wild stuff, like people pulling out a prosthetic leg um, and, you know, chugging a beer. But, but it's just that when you're behind the scenes, like you run into a lot of random people that you don't expect at games. What about, uh, remember Andrew Bynum was just chilling watching the finals game? Oh, yes. This is what I love too, is, is like you see a lot of just former players. Yeah. Just pop up, right? Like players that you don't expect uh, will suddenly pop up too. So, so I think that's amazing. But, you know, listen, man, uh, many uses for a prosthetic leg is um is is the takeaway there yeah. so let's take this break let's take this break and when we come back we're going to talk about some uh forgotten 90s signature sneakers love it the 82 game preseason is in the books and it's finally time for the real season don't miss out on any of the nba playoff action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DKHOOPS. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code DKHOOPS, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, 
Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Back and running the break. Now, uh, Alex, did you get a chance to see the new Shaq documentary on HBO? So I haven't had a chance yet, but I am excited to check it out because I don't know if we've talked about this probably like in past episodes, but like Shaq was a big influence growing up and I'm sure for you as well. I try to explain to, to younger basketball fans that I hang out with now just the cultural influence of Shaq, you know, making rap albums, being in commercials, being in yeah. movies. Um, and when I talk about being in commercials, like I know you guys think, you know, you guys see the printer inkjet commercials now. Like Shaq <laughs> was in every commercial back in the day. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm talking sneakers, Pepsi, like everything. Um, so, so I'm really excited to check it out. You know, I think, um, you know, the four part documentary. Um, hopefully, I learned some new stuff about him uh, because I feel like I've learned a lot about Shaq. But it just got me thinking about just. You know, growing up, like one of the sneakers that was that was really big to me was the Shacknosis huge uh, sneaker, and you know we don't talk about Reebok a lot on on this show just because I think Nike and, and Adidas and even New Balance and all these other brands, even N One, I think has dominated the conversation. And you know, it's it's been a while since I think Reebok's been in this like basketball space. So I just I just thought it'd be a good chance for us to kind of highlight. And ask you too some some other you know forgotten '90s signature sneaker athletes and then sneakers that that stand out to you. Yeah, I think right now too a lot of these brands they're they're you know going to their retro bag a little bit and we're seeing some fun sneakers, especially from like the era that we fell in love with uh, basketball sneakers. So uh, the, yes, the Shaq Gnosis definitely like there's some there's a brain dead Shaq Gnosis collab that's dropping that I got really excited about. Like anyone doesn't know about brain dead check them out. They're a studio and they also do a lot of really cool stuff in the art space. So like the fact that there's a Shaq brain dead collab just shows you how iconic this sneaker is. But, um, the pen, the pennies, the Nike pennies, Penny Hardaway, Mm -hmm. 
he again if you didn't watch basketball in the 90s or you weren't born yet and you listen to this penny hardaway there was the 90s bulls and then there was orlando magic penny and chat combo and that was probably the second biggest thing in basketball in sports um at the time that's not to discredit them that's just like the bulls were that big but then it was Shaq and Penny. So the Pennies, I would say Penny probably has the what? Uh third, fourth most like substantial impact on on Nike basketball in terms of a signature shoe. What do you think about the Pennies? Yeah, I think I honestly think at some point we might need to do a whole episode on that because like yeah. Penny with the little Penny commercials and and you know, I think because because injuries really took away from what he could do on the court like like it's it's so hard to describe and i know you just tried it just now too like when i try to describe people uh, about kind of the bulls and the magic like the bulls were the bulls were listen the bulls were like the national team right worldwide they were icons they were like the beatles with jordan but if you're a young kid growing up in the 90s i think everybody rooted for the magic they had the cool jerseys yep. they had Shaq. they had penny um, so no, I think I'm totally with you in terms of the pennies. And it's funny you mentioned like the brain dad, the, the brain dad collab with Shaq. Like you know, I've noticed too. Like a, a lot of brands, like um, you know, Social Status recently released a collab with the Air mm-hmm. Pennies. And I know Stussy has another Air Penny collab coming. It's been talked about in 2023. I do, I do like you know, I do think sometimes collabs can really like clutter the space for like yeah. sneakers because i think sometimes we just want the classics as well right yeah um some of these collab takes listen i think they're awesome like i still love the union ones um uh, like as an example like off the top mm-hmm. but i think this is really the collabs the power in the collab is just a great way of reintroducing models that people would otherwise not wear because yeah. i like i don't think that the, the general younger basketball fan is out there being like i want a pair of air pennies yeah, but if they see a streetwear brand that they highly respect and covet do a collab, and then you see the general releases come back out now, I do think it does bring out the interest um, in the pennies, and, and I do feel like the pennies deserve a space. Absolutely, I, I really do think what we have seen with the Jordan ones, where people weren't that into Jordan ones a few years ago, and then with the collabs, like you said, the Unions or the Travis Scotts, so the one has really like came back, and. I think it led to like people being like, oh, all these ones, these new colorways, you know, OGs were somewhat getting excited about it. The new people were like, we want these really bad. And then we just saw the release of the Lost and Founds of the OG Chicago ones. I really think we don't get OG Chicago ones unless interest is as high on that model because of all those collabs. So like as an OG and you know, like yourself, like sometimes I can get mad at these collabs when they're so nonsensical, which let's be real. They, some of these are with some of these movie and TV show collabs that are so forced, uh, which again, could, I can be going on a tangent about that, but like we do end up getting some, like I, I really do like with the penny specifically with the social status and Stussy, like I've been seeing a lot of the social status, penny, uh, penny ones and penny twos uh, on people's feet uh, young to like the age ranges have like, um, it is wide that I think we're going to get some OG colorways of the pennies coming up. And it's like, that's how you're going to retain me. And like, I'm not going to be mad about collabs if, if we're getting those back into like, you know, pop culture again. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think, I think about Kith too, you know, I know Kith mm-hmm. did, a, um, you know, Kith, I think did some, uh, Pippin collabs yep. uh, a few years back. And I know they, they worked with LeBron too, right. On, on some of his models as well. And I really think like, it just, you know, when you have those collabs with these prominent streetwear brands, like, 
it, it just elevates the shoe, right? Like, yeah. I think it just lets people look at the LeBrons in a different way. And, you know, people can look at the pennies in, in a different way as well. And, like, going back to Reebok, like, I think, too, like, the same thing, similar to the Shagnosis, like, you know, Sean Kemp with the Reebok Kamikaze. And I think, you know, we all remember from the 90s, Deep deep Brown, you know, with the Reebok pumps at the, at the dunk contest. Yep. And I was really excited. I think this was probably last year, maybe a couple of years ago, when, when the Reebok pumps came back. Yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of times it's kind of funny to me, like you really get to see the generational divide because some of these shoes will come back out and they'll just sit on shelves and there's just no hype or reaction to it. Whereas I think there is a connection for, for people like us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, people like us have started working real jobs the last few years, so we will go out and buy them. Um, so I, 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 there is, I feel like there is a nice marketing strategy behind them coming out now, but I mean, yeah, shout out pumps. It's so funny. Like Montrez, uh, Montrez Harrell, he still rocks pumps in game pretty frequently. So I love, again, that's a good way to, uh, sniff out, um, sniff out who are the real sneakerheads. So, and and the kamikazes too, again, that Shaq Gnosis and like kamikaze. And I think that led to, Maybe the, the Pippins with the big air. It was almost like I, I would describe it as like big design on a pair of shoes. Cause back then it used to be like subtle design with the with the brand's logo. But when it was like, hey, let's make this fun design the primary feature of the shoe, which the Shaq Gnosis and the Kamikazes were, those were legendary. And I, those are silhouettes that I still like try to buy whenever I can. Yeah. And they are just wild silhouettes. Like, yeah. like you know, for, for anyone who like, not familiar like just please google the shagnosis or the kamikaze like it is it's a it's a different type of shoe and like i was thinking too like even grant hill i think when he signed his deal with fila mm-hmm. like that was a huge deal like i remember i remember i think jerry stackhouse too when he came in yeah he the fila brand as well and there was a lot of these cool like philadelphia like philadelphia like uh ad campaigns mm-hmm. that was going on when he was with the sixers so you know, I, I've seen Fila kind of come back around. I think yeah. they're a brand that that are now at the, you know, at the, at the malls and the big shops and stuff. But you know, maybe Fila's next up too in terms of. I really think, I really think going back to the power of the collabs, like it just takes one collab to hit. Yeah. Like like with these like older, um, like kind of heritage like basketball sneaker brands, to 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 really get it back into the space. Like I'm looking at N12. I'm like, man. Like if you do, you guys do some kind of collab with one of these big streetwear brands, so many of them that we've named, like, I don't know, like that might be the way back, right? Yeah. Well, the, another one I wanted to shout out was the Vince Carters. Like, again, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's like rare for um, a signature shoe. Depend- I mean, even if the athlete's incredible, like if they're not selling, they're not selling. And I think the VCs made it to six, five or six. And that mm-hmm. is, that's hard. That's hard to do. Um, in the VCs, he was he became you know the 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 face of the shocks, which was such a um, whether they worked or not, uh, it didn't matter. But like that was such a a big technology that Nike uh, unveiled in the early two thousands. So. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like they should have done. I wonder if they've ever done an episode on like MythBusters. Yeah, uh, about the about the shocks because because the the campaign was always advertising that you could actually jump higher in them, right? Yeah, like it was actually going to give you that extra lift. Um, you know, thinking of two and like, you know, I know you mentioned John Morant earlier, 
you know, I wonder, like, are there are there any kind of current players? Because I'm thinking of like the Lucas, you know, the Zions, um, even Giannis. Like, all these people have their signature sneakers now. Do you feel like there's an obvious player where you're like, man, why isn't he in the sneaker space right now as a signature guy? Um, there's a few. I'm trying to think. Like, there's some obvious ones that um, I think they're on their way. Pretty obvious. Like, I think a Tatum will get a pair. I'm trying to think of hmm. who 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 would be good. Who would be good? Do you have any off the top of your head? No, let me think of mine. Well, it's funny because I don't know what does Nikola Jokic wear because yeah. I almost feel like he's not like. When you think of him, he's not your typical like sneaker guy. Yeah. You know, like like he seems very low key. He just wants to go out there and hoop and win like back to back MVPs and all of that stuff. But it's like I don't know. Like I feel like he's one of the players that's up there, right? When you talk about like top five, top ten players. Well, and that's the, the we've always talked about this, the big man predicament. You know what I mean? Like the big men just don't move shoes because their game isn't as sexy. But Jokic is someone who it kind of is the is the answer to that. Like he has, he's one of the best passers in the game. Like, mm-hmm. he, yes, he's not the fastest, but man, some of like the 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 moves are really fun. And like, is there a big man shoe that could be tailored to? I don't know his game. I, I that's actually someone I would love to see Nike take on. Jokic way way out. And the MVP drains the long three. Jokic with the block shot, his second tonight. Oh, what a pass by Jokic! A look away, as good as it gets. Yeah, because Embiid, I mean, Embiid has a has an Under Armour deal, right? He does. But, yeah. But I, you know, like I don't know, like I don't think it's gotten that much buzz in terms of no. like you know the push there for him, right? So and and like that's really the only one because I mean, kind of once you go through the list, you talk about like you know obviously Dame Lillard's got his own. Um, you know, even James Harden's got his own. Maybe Jimmy Butler too. I don't know, but Jimmy he's Butler. He's got some leanings, right? Are they signature? Oh yeah, or... he is. Yeah, you're he's right. You're guy. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I feel like maybe they've got most of the young guys are pretty covered right mm-hmm. now, especially um, with the John Morant breaking news. The the Nike Air Joker. Sorry to go back to it, but that's too good. Oh my god! I just feel like the ads write themselves. Gosh, and then and no, and that's the other thing too is like we need to bring back just like iconic ads, yeah, like like just iconic, um, you know, uh, advertisements. Like you talk about like little pennies and things, things that you really attach to the shoot, right? Because that's just part of the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's part of the whole experience. So we'll get this, there. This is, uh, yeah, this, this is, is once again uh, ourselves. <laughs> no, this is once again a uh, once again a uh, a job <laughs> a job application. Um, yeah, and like even Trey Young. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about like, there's so yeah. many guys who are actually in the space now, and, and have them, and it probably feels like there's more than 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 I initially thought. I mean, we're um, gonna get some Wemby's at some point, some Wembyamas. Probably he's another oh, guy yeah. who's like whoever. I know the sneaker companies are probably as we speak competing, mm-hmm. trying to come up with the biggest you know package deal for him, but. He's a guy like LeBron, his rookie year, had a pair of the Air Zoom Generations, which were technically his first shoe. There's going to be, if Victor plays as well as he is, um, and the hype you know, is as strong as it is going into the, the draft, we're going to see a signature shoe right out the gate. Oh, man. I actually, I mean, I, I think we're going to start hearing stories about this probably closer to the draft, but mm-hmm. like, I'm guessing like the sneaker, the bidding over him is going to be probably the biggest since LeBron. Yes, like, it absolutely. It has to be, right? absolutely yeah so yeah and zion zion's got his own shoe too now right so yeah everybody's got their own 
Yeah, there's actually a lot more sneaker guys than I thought now. Yeah, yeah. Like signature guys. CJ McCollum has a pair. You know? Yeah, he works with one of the... He, is, he, is he with Anta or like... Ne- I Lening think... Or, uh, yeah, maybe Anta. But yeah, okay. there's a lot of Asian brands. And I know over there, like those sneakers... Move, I mean, again, just shows like the, the love of the NBA over there is that shows yeah. like w- of guys like that who are incredible but don't have like as like unique of a character or as marketable in the States. Those sure. shoes move pretty well out there. Yeah, listen, Jeremy Lin's still balling out in Asia. He's got his own. Oh sneaker. yeah, he's got his own sneaker out there too. So, damn, this is actually a really crowded <laughs> space. Well, that was a that was a good chat. That was a good. This chat, is a I deep think. cut episode. I, I like doing these episodes. I feel like I ramble too much. So appreciate you letting me do that, Alex. But like, for our diehards, oh, come on, man. These are, this is another fun one, I think. No, this is cool, man. And we've got some cool guests coming up, and we're gonna be doing a Christmas themed episode as well which which i'm excited about so thank you everyone as always for listening to running the break please subscribe to the podcast and rate and review wherever you listen thanks again to our producer pete and uh not here this week but still in our hearts uh, grace and kurt and we'll talk to you next week peace hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus this episode brought to you by 20th century studios kingdom of the planet of the apes director wes ball breathes new life into the epic franchise As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.